Welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene, everybody. It is your host, Jackie Zuck, and it is another awesome day for another awesome episode of How to Become Next on Scene in your field of business or in your passion. Before I bring on my awesome guest, who is a dear friend of mine, who's so much fun, I always like to start with a marketing tip to get your week started and a self-care tip, even though this podcast is a lot about self-care. I still want to share one that resonates with me this week. So marketing tip of the day, I want to talk about the power of press. Um, I think it's really, really important that if you are thinking about exploring getting in more publications, um, whether that's with Next On Scene or other avenues, the importance of knowing that is that if you do work with a publicist one time and get one placement, the credibility is a powerful tool in terms of monetizing. It does not happen overnight. Um, and also usually with a lot of agencies, the press placements don't really happen that quickly, um, which honestly is the reason why I started Next On Scene because I wanted to create a fast turnover, reliable, great quality product that would give you placement. But Outside of what Next On Scene does, I think it's really important for you to know that when you hire a publicist, you know, sometimes it takes a couple months to get placements and it also doesn't guarantee monetization immediately. It will give you great credibility and over time it will pay forward. So just know that if you've hired a publicist or you're looking to hire one, those are some things you should really think about. Um, and I do recommend that if you haven't explored it to really start thinking about it because the more credibility that you have under your wing, the only, I mean, it just gives you more credibility to make more money and to be seen in more places. So that's my marketing tip of the day. I would say my self-care tip of the day is really all about, I think the power of being present, which we talk about on the podcast today too, but I think we get so caught up in what's going on, what we don't have, what's going on in the future and what we're losing instead of actually focusing on being present and being happy in the moment. Um, there's way less stress that way. And I'm, I'm personally trying to work on that myself. So I hope that that resonates with you too. So now I'm so excited to share about my awesome guest today, Connie Canella, who is a self-awareness and intuitive coach. Um, she is also the founder of SoulSync Wellness, and she is one amazing woman, inspiring so many, has such great stories to share, and I can't wait for you to learn from her. Today, we talk about anxiety, being present, um, making more time for yourself, and so much more. So stay tuned for the amazing Connie Canella. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Becoming Next On Scene. I am so excited to be here with the amazing Connie Canella. She is a one rock star self and intuitive awareness coach and also the CEO of SoSync Wellness. Hi, Connie. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Jackie. This is fun. Good. So excited to have you. I mean, you and I have known each other for a while. So yeah. it's going to be really, really fun. And I've worked with you personally and vice versa. Yeah. So, so awesome. Everybody, you will love Connie if you don't know Connie. <laughs> So, so always has 20 million things going on right now. So I'm sure somebody's walking past their office. There's something's going on. That's actually happening as we speak, believe yeah. it or not. Hilarious. I love it. All right. So Connie, tell us all about how you kind of fell into this niche of like yeah. tuition and self-awareness and all that jazz. 
Oh, wow. How much time we got here today? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, um, I've been an intuitive since a kid. It is something that I didn't really understand how to actually, I didn't even know what to call it, I think, as a child. And I, I would see things um, when I was little. I would have all these dreams. I mean, my dad would come in and he would do this special prayer at night, you know, to make sure that I wouldn't see these bad dreams because they would keep me up at night and I'd see shadows and all this kind of stuff. Right. And, and I'd be running to my parents' room. They'd kick me out I'd go to my brother's room, then my other brother's room. I literally was walking all night. So I thought that I was just being tortured, <laughs> but years later, it really came to fruition. I, honestly, through a lot of the self-work that I did that I was intuitive and I had a gift and I had something to share. So for 17 years, I worked in higher education. Prior to that, I was born and raised in a Greek family, restaurant businesses. Yes, all the food, you name it. I talk about that I lived in a jail. I was the hostess of the mostest. Hi, how many? Let's go this way. And I would, before you know it, by 16, I was managing all of these hundred employees and banquets and catering. It was a blast. Yeah, I'm sarcastic. Um, no, actually, I always say that I went to restaurant university, which I still to this day say that everybody needs to work in a restaurant in order to learn how to work Customer with Customer service, right? Customer totally. service, absolutely. So I think once I left that and went into higher education uh, and when I started on my own path and my own journey, went living by myself, leaving Western New York and coming to Massachusetts, which I had no idea what I was getting myself into, um, you know, I was led into health coaching and health coaching is what opened it up for me because I was working with clients specifically at the time who had health issues and I started to feel stuff. I started to notice things. I started to ask questions and I went, oh, okay, there's something to this here. Like I'm, I'm picking up on energies. I'm picking up on stuff. Is that real or am I just making stuff up? <laughs> and, you know, before you know it, um, it started to increase. And, and to be honest, the, the side that I is not as exciting for me was that I ended up with a lot of different health issues that really connected to my spiritual awakening, which opened up all of these gifts connected to my intuition. And, and here we are today, fast forward, and I am able to use these gifts and tools that I've been given to help others, help others connect with the very issues that are going on in their bodies, reconnect with their soul, and ultimately live their life in authenticity and in integrity um, in 3D, right? Because when we think about the spiritual world or where, or where we're connected, you know, we don't know. We know there's energy and we connect with that, but there's, there's lots of that going on out there. So we have to discern and understand, you know, what's our intuition? What is our brain telling us? And what is right for us? So you know, the work that I do has really digging, it's digging deep, trying to figure it out and understand it all, which is a whole, you know, years and years and years of experience of, of schooling and practice and, uh, you know, challenges and, right. and triumphs. I was going to say too, what's so interesting, because like I'm, I'm a client of yours, right? And I talk about like the self-awareness piece. And for me, that's been so eye-opening 
just because I think we're just so unaware of what really goes on on the inside. And I just wanted to give you credit of like how valuable that has been for me, because I think so many people think they understand what's going on inside, but you really have no idea. Like you just don't until you get out. If I could, if I could swear on this, I would, but you have no effing clue, right? (laughs) Right. It's true though. It's so true. It's like, you just, you have to like, there's so many different ways to kind of discover it. And it's a lifelong thing, which I couldn't agree more with that statement. It it really is. And I think that I always say too, that it's not for everybody. And I, I, I don't walk around trying to convince people that becoming more self-aware or intuitive or whatever it is, right. Is everybody needs to do it, even though I'm biased. Uh, But I do believe that we receive invitations Mm -hmm. at certain times in our lives when it's important for us to do that. And, you know, unfortunately, I think we call it do the work, right? Which whenever I think I've worked, I I think of the restaurant business, (laughs) you know, because that's where I was raised. But I don't think we should call it work anymore. I, I think we should really lighten it up and look at it as, an opening, a lightness, uh, an illumination of our pathway to fully discovering exactly who we are. And I like to think of us as a soul that is experiencing life in a physical body in the name of, right? For me, it's Connie. For you, it's Jackie. And we are observing a movie. And so we're just observing and noticing what is going on. And the reactions that we have, the judgment, the perfectionism, the guilt, the doubt, all of that stuff is, let's maybe even make it called drama, uh, the ego, whatever you want (laughs) to call it, is created so that we can notice a difference so that we have some level of comparison to inquire within ourselves of what we need to perhaps continue and what we need to stop doing or reframe. Right. And I think that if we each saw ourselves every day as a human who is here to re-meet your, that you get to re-meet yourself every day, then I think that we wouldn't hold on to so much and that we wouldn't be so hard on ourselves And that we would just be able to be present and notice that everything that is happening is exactly the way that it's meant to happen, whether it's something we don't want or we do want, right? Um, And we're we're often scared of those things, which is why I say it's not for everybody. Right. And it's not everybody's time to do it in in that, you know, specific moment. So we, we each, I believe, are called to it in whatever moment that we are. And hey, I'm here for it. Right. So true. When the timing is right, Connie is here for it. That's right. <laughs> Open arms, ready for you. That's right. Come on. Yeah. I just, it's, and I always love your fun mugs. So today Connie mm. has, what's the one that it says? Speak so, t- so today was speak kindly and it has these beautiful red lips and so cute. It, it matches my outfit today. It really does. All red, everything. I love it. Red and pink so for uh, grounded and unconditional. I love, love. it. All right. So now let's talk about like trends right now that a lot of clients are going through and also things I think that are just going on in the world. So you said right now, anxiety seems to be a consistent thing that's that people are coming in for or trending, right? So talk more about that. Oh gosh. Um, Yes. So obviously the pandemic created more anxiety. So if you hadn't, if you didn't have anxiety, you had anxiety. If, If you had anxiety, you have more anxiety. 
And, you know, I think what's, sure. interest, what's interesting and I being on vacation, obviously for the 4th of July. And one of the things that, that we've been noticing is a lot of, you know, cannabis shops that are being, that are opened. And so, you know, there's something to be said about, I think the state of humans and that we're needing more support than ever to supplement our health issues and anxiety is certainly one of them. And so if that's not a physical, (laughs) physical way to share that with the world, it is now. So I think for me, one of the things that I noticed a year ago when I started teaching my little over a year ago, my feel to heal classes is that I, I started to feel that there were more people coming to me with issues connected to feeling anxious or the roots of unhappiness or feeling stuck connected to unease, right? Which then unease connected to disease, right? So it's not even, it is anxiety. There is a connection to anxiety, but it's more than that. And so most of my clients that were coming to the Feel to Heal class, which is really about getting out of your head and into your soul and connecting with your intuition, following your power, understanding that you you are your own vessel and you have the ability to lead your own life from the inside and out and that's really what what we do is is re- helping you reconnect to your soul which ultimately is our life's path is to connect back to our soul energy which really then helps us connect to trusting ourselves and and trusting in the divine and and all of those wonderful things so that process you know and i believe too is that for many who have anxiety it's also because there's a lack of ability to even be still. And there's also perhaps a lack of connection to their own gifts and own creativity. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I often will advise many of my clients who do have anxiety is get creative, do something creative, jump into something that you fully enjoy. And so that is one aspect and then there's a lot of other tools too. And, and so one of the things that I teach my clients, and you know this, Jackie, is some bio, you know, biogenetic, it's not even the right word, uh, some exercises, you know, that are energetic exercises that really help you get back into your body. So when you're having anxiety, what do you do? How do you reconnect? You know, oftentimes we need to reconnect our our right and our left brains. You know, oftentimes we need to get grounded. So what are some exercises to step into our, our feet into the ground? So we're grounded with our earth, the earth's energy, right? It means that when we're anxious, we're in our heads. So the, our, our energy is really kind of like, I say chest up, it's neck up. And so really getting back into the body and getting grounded is really important for those who have anxiety. So I don't think that this is going to go away. You know, one of the things that I have from a mission standpoint to be of service, because I also suffered from anxiety myself, I still do. And unfortunately, four year, four or five years ago, I was out of work for about four months because I had a breakdown, a complete breakdown that was that then created more anxiety that then really changed the way that I live my life, to be honest with you. So, you know, many of you may call that burnout. (laughs) And I think that's one of the other pieces too, that's really connected to it is that we feel, we can feel overwhelmed. We can feel anxious because we're burning ourselves out, AKA we're not listening to our bodies because we're following the rules that have been created for us that don't align with us. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we're in a culture and in a system outside in the world that does not align with the human body. So true. 
And, and I think that's what we're really looking at of why I think that the numbers are increasing when it comes to anxiety. Money, of course, you know, there's money that's connected to people losing jobs. I mean, I could really go on and on and on. So this isn't going away. Let's just put it that way. However, I do see more and more of us looking towards the spiritual side of us to reconcile some of these challenges that we have connected to this and learn tactics and tools and strategies to support each one of us during, right? Because it's not about, I always say, it's not about, you know, you're never going to experience it again. It's about learning how to manage it when it does and, and learning how to shorten the time frame, right? And, and having a bit more space in between <laughs> the next one, right? Right. And so then when you when you experience it, you're like, oh, there it is again. And then you're not reacting to it. You're not judging it. You're not responding to it. Now you're learning how to move through it, right? So I think that's a really, really key component. And so I do see us moving in a need towards the direction of continuing to have more non-clinical <laughs> support. Mm-hmm. Yes, the clinical, the pharmaceuticals, I get it. I'm a receiver of those, you know, things and and I get it. But I also am a huge believer from a holistic background that there's a blend needed. And um, I always try to look for the holistic route and the naturopathic route, but I also am not blind, you know, to the need for pharmaceuticals, right? So I think it's about helping each of us who are experiencing that to know what works for them, right? But I think we often can get pressured too, again, because of our systems. So I do see our future really, we're moving towards creating opportunities. And in fact, that's where I'm working on (laughs) to really change the game when it comes to teaching tactics, tools, strategies to our you know, even our employees in our workplaces, which is you and I, or, you know, whether we're entrepreneurs or or not, you know, ways to advocate for yourself, ways to be able to, you know, create more structures and balances that in that space that can support all of us when we need to take a TO. Totally. TO timeout for people. That's right. So I also want to like touch upon, like, I feel like this period of time is for people to really just kind of be more present and slow down. Cause I think the anxiety is all about like what I don't have and what my, what's in my future and like all of these things. Right. Cause I was thinking about what you and I discussed earlier and how you were thinking about starting this new program. And you're like, you know what, I'm just going to be more present with what I have going on right now. And I feel like this phase of what the world is going through is to actually focus on being more present. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. I, I mean, I think that was the lesson of COVID. Totally. And the fear came from fear of the future. Is this going to go away? And isn't it interesting that a pandemic had to be created in the universe for a big lesson to occur, mm-hmm. which is really about valuing what you have, valuing health, (laughs) valuing your time and knowing that anything could change at any moment Mm -hmm. that also brought an appreciation of what currently exists and not to take things for granted. I know at least for me, it did. And I do believe that it really created this energy centered around, I'm not going to wait to do the very thing that I want in the future. I am going to appreciate, you know, what I have, right? Take that vacation if you're financially able to do it or 
find joy in and wherever you are with your kids, with your family, if you don't have one, with yourself, <laughs> you know, your dogs, your cats, your gerbils, whatever you got. Whatever you got. Whatever you got, right? The fish, I mean, come on. They, they need love too. too. It's true. <laughs> right? You know, they true. need love too. They're spirit animals. They're talking exactly. all the time. Hilarious. So I think that it forced us to shift. The, and I really do hope that we maintain that. I really do hope that we do really sincerely maintain that because I think that that is a huge lesson, unfortunately, at the cost of people's lives. Mm-hmm for us to really reprioritize life Mm -hmm. for ourselves. Um, And I'm sure it brought up a lot materialistic for, you know, materialistic types of things for people versus, well, all we really need at the end of the day is we have each other and we don't really need the rest of the stuff that we have. It's unnecessary. And I think I heard that time and time again from so many people that I spoke to about the result. You know, what, what are you learning from the result? I mean, you know, I also think a lot of people ended up drinking a lot. <laughs> you know, I also think that that brought up a lot of addictions too, totally. you know, during the pandemic. But um, I guess everybody copes, you know, in yeah. different ways. So, but I think that also ties into like another trending topic of like making the time for yourself that you didn't make the time for prior. Right. So, I think that what I noticed, at least again, based on myself or who I interacted with, it really shined a light on, well, what do I do with my time? And what do I do for myself? And what is life like when I don't have all this extra noise? And so for those of us who were escaping life through career, through other relationships, through fun time, whatever that was, it took all of that away. And so it showed you what was in front of you and really, I think, asked you a question of, do you like what you see? Mm -hmm. Do you like what you feel? Do you like what you've got? And for some, I'm sure it caused shifts, (laughs) you know, and for, uh, I'm sure for everybody, it it caused some sort of shift, but I, at least I, I know for me, I mean, I wasn't prepared to have remote school with my kids for an entire year. Um, I also wasn't prepared for my higher education job and career to end after 17 years. You know, so there were a lot of unexpecteds. And so I think from that, it really forced us to focus on that present moment and that this is what I've got. I don't know what tomorrow brings. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really the big takeaway. And I do hear that a lot from not only me, but my parents. I, I hear that from, you know, clients, I'm appreciating what I have today. I love my, you know, if you have a family, I love my children. I love the time that I get to spend. I know at least for me, it made me be be more appreciative of being mom and more appreciative of the teachers oh, wow. <laughs> who, who do the work with my children every day because even though I was in education, I was definitely not made to be a uh, kindergarten and first grade virtual teacher. So uh, yeah. That was definitely not in my mind. But again, I think that just goes to show that the things that we have in our mind are not always the things that we experience in life. And so why not learn to just be present with what you have in this particular moment and allow the rest to unfold as it needs to? I love it. And also too, so that kind of like pushed you to start your community group. Can you talk about your soul evolution? Yeah. 
Yeah. All these crazy things that happened during COVID, right? So last June, I enrolled in Jackie's mastermind, which was amazing. <laughs> Thanks, for the plug. And I also at the same time said, I want community. I miss my community. This virtual thing is, is hard. And I, I want to talk to people in a different kind of way. I want to feel people. I want to sense what's up and, and let's get through this together. And that's where Solvolution came from. And Solvolution anyways was a, a term that I had for years that I used on my website. And I always felt very married to it for whatever reason. And so Solvolution is really about evolving, evolving who you are at the soul level. And it's not about the checkbox. It's about the journey. And it's about appreciating every moment along the journey. It really is. And now I've launched the VIP community, which really was the idea from my graduates, from my Field to Heal 3.0. Actually, they're still in there. <laughs> they're not graduates. They're <laughs> lifers. They're lifers. They're like, Connie, I think you should do this. you know. And so that's really where it came from. And I, I wanted to create a different space for those who do want to dive deeper not like fully commit. Cause I know sometimes with a class and such, it's like six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. Some people don't want to make that kind of commitment because they, I don't know, life is going on. Right. And so I wanted it to be a lighter feel sort of like a daily aura in the background of I'm going to dabble and dive into this topic each month. And and so we had the Solvolution community, which is about 300. And for me, it was never about numbers. It was, it was all about whoever is here and shows up. We're meant to be together. And we're meant to learn from each other and connect our energies pretty much to hold and hold the space for wherever we're holding space for. I mean, that was really what it was about so that we can evolve, we can laugh. And I know a lot of times people look at spiritual work and soul work. It's so heavy. You know, you're doing your inner child stuff. You got shadow work. You're crying. You, you've already gone through a box of tissues. You're on your second one. And, you know, people are walking by saying your makeup's already running down. What's going on with you? And then the next day you're laughing your butt off, right? And you're like, I am having a wonderful day, totally. right? Totally. I have both pictures. And videos. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think, you know, it's it's not a straight line, right? And I think that we as beings want it to be quick. We want to get out of any difficult state that we're in quickly. Totally. Right? It's hard to, to sit in it, right? And the only way is through, right? We hear this all the time. And so I was like, okay, let's create the community. So even while we're sitting in it, we still can laugh a little, right? Totally. And hopefully a lot. And then again, that was part of that solution. So now the next evolution, as I said, of, of it is a bit more of that, you know, lighter but deeper dive at the same time. So we just launched that this month and I have a, a beta group, an amazing beta group uh, for the next three months. And uh, our theme for the month is intuition. And so we are uh, going live together for two hours once a month. And we have meditation Mondays. We have intuitive readings we have lots of inspiration and support and resources, and it's only $59 a month. So I hope my dream for this is that it becomes a community of beautiful connection, of authenticity, of support, of beings who are really here to raise their vibration and be honest mm -hmm. and 
be in integrity. And I really trust that wherever that this is going to go, will go. I mean, I was called, I felt, you know, to create a year ago and I did it. And so here we are, right? Did I think that I would be here? No. <laughs> uh, you know, so people ask me sometimes, sometimes like, do you create goals? Yes, yes. <laughs> I do. However, I, I make decisions based on my own inner authority. And so for those of you who are listening, uh, who have experienced human design or have done work with gene keys, um, or, you know, you've worked on your strengths. I'm a Gallup certified strengths coach. That's always fun working with teams. Uh, but I'm a human, I'm a, I'm a pro- projector, a splenic projector, who's a one, three, for those of you who know this language, if you don't contact me, we could talk. But this changed my life because it was really an eye-opening thing of, I'm here to intuitively know my yes or what the next step is for me in the moment versus my whole life. I was like, I want this, 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 this. And then I get pissed off when I didn't achieve it, right? And so it wasn't until that four or five years ago when I hit my meltdown, my breakdown, my awakening, right? And I found mindfulness meditation at the time that I learned that I was a projector and I was here to advise and guide and I was here to wait for big invitations when it came to career, life, you know, not that I was like, you know, waiting inside my door crying, being like, hey, you're going to come invite me, please. But I I think it was, it, it was more about in that hunch, right? Of knowing that this is what feels right in the moment. So everything, my point here, is that everything that I created this past year, year and a half has been based on that authority, that inner authority. And I do hope that, which could change at any moment, <laughs> I, I, because I'm here to be of service and in the now. And I, I literally am in this space of I'm here to support and guide in the moment with whoever needs, needs my gifts, right? And, and however way that I'm meant to do that. Love it. And I always like tell people, like the people that I connect you to, I was like, you have to do an Oracle reading with Connie first, because once you get that experience, your life is changed. (laughs) Like, you're just like, I need whatever Connie's doing, all the things, all the things. That's what got me in. Like initially, I think that's what I did with you first. Yeah. That's how we looped you in, right? (laughs) I think so. so. Um, You know, it's, I always tell anybody who I'm doing a reading with, if you're here for me to tell you your future... That's not what I do. Um, <laughs> even though there are, you know, snippets or visions of things that come through, uh, grandmothers, right, <laughs> or whatnot, um, that can happen. I I really look at the present day energy and what comes up based on what's going on right now, and I also read the body's energy and where the stuck energy is and the connection to the emotion and where the body, the soul needs to uh, focus, you know? So that is where my readings come from. And so you leave with recommendations and strategies in addition to, yes, this is what the card said, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for more predictive, you know, where's my life going to be in 10 years, which by the way, I fully believe that we are, you shouldn't give your power to me, right? That's, and if you're all, if anybody here is giving power to somebody else, then you better start reclaiming that back because you are not living your life, my friends, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So (laughs) it's really about your power. And, you know, because I started psychic, I started to go into psychic readings and I had 
psychics that were, you know, on the dime. Like we'd call like speed dial back then. You know what I mean? I think they call it favorites now on iPhone. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, I'd be like speed dial. And so one of them worked for my family, Esther. And another, you know, her name was Bernice and she passed away. And these became like my people, you know, that I always connected with. And so I was, I was 16, I think, or 15 when I got my first reading. And I remember I would base all my life decisions on that and reading. They told you, <laughs> right? I'd be like, she told me, she told me like, you know, a blue car is da, 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 da. And the next thing I'd be like, where's the blue car? <laughs> I'm looking for the blue car. Has the blue car passed away? A year later, where's the damn blue car? Right. You, know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it can no way really, right, exactly. It can really go crazy. Totally. So and, and I'm laughing because Bernice is the one that told me, she's like, you're gonna do exactly what I do. And I laughed at her. I was like, what are you? Oh, that's funny. What are you talking about? Okay, here I am. So, <laughs> so I think and Colette Baron Reed is I literally what a role model. I envy her. Um, and I've met her in person and I just, you know, there's something about, I think the, the oracles and just to share why oracles are something that I really, really love is that oracle versus, versus tarot. Tarot to me is more, um, more predictive and oracles prescriptive. And so oracle cards really share a story and they give you an opportunity to see it as a story in motion. And the piece that I add is that I can see if you are following X path, this is where it may lead based on what I see as somebody who's clairvoyant. Um, and for those of you who don't know any of the Claire's, um, you know, clairvoyant is vision. Uh, clairsentient is, could be smell, senses, right? Or, or touch, taste, smell, those kinds of things. I get that too. Sometimes I'm walking, I'm like, I smell smoke. Where's that from? Who is here? Who, <laughs> what spirit is here? You know, we're asking questions. Um, but so there are different Claire's. And so, you know, many of us who are empaths, we have this gift, right? And so you have to tap into it, you know, to really see what's there. But the Oracle allows me to tap in more into what I feel, you know, whereas I find that tarot and I do use tarot, you know, is that I think that tarot is a bit more, more predictive, which is not as fun. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's still interesting. They both have their own takes on feedback, I guess, is the answer. They do. And I think sometimes when I'm looking for a bit more of a, how do I put it, a quicker answer, I'll pull the tarot out because I'll, I'll say, okay, and then I'll pull some Oracle cards and, you know, I'll compare and, and see what messages come with that. But, but again, I think for me, it's about pathways and giving the power back to you and saying, here's what I feel. Here's what I see. Here's what I see based on the current scenario and situation. And then it also becomes an interactive conversation. And I think that that's, that's what I value when I work with clients. And that's what the, the way that I do coaching in an Oracle reading right? Versus, so, so that's why I always say, I'm like, do you have a quick question? Do you have something that you're contemplating? Let's hop on a call, whether it's 30 or 60 minutes or whatnot, because it does become more, there's coaching involved, you know, versus just the cards, if that makes sense. Makes sense. So, okay. Before we go to fun facts about Connie and game time, can you explain to my audience your thoughts on the difference between a therapist and what you do? Mm. So I'm not a therapist. Although I, play, right. although I play, although I play one on TV, yeah. um, a good one, a great one. <laughs> okay, so even in my field to heal classes, 
I do recommend that you have a therapist, okay? Because therapists are properly trained. That is not the schooling that I have been through when it comes to understanding all the, the theories, the clinical, let's, let's put it this way, the clinical, okay? And I, there are many therapists out there today that are a bit more integrative in their approaches. I mean, even when I'm talking with my clients, I will always recommend that they work with a therapist who has energy medicine background, energy work, lots of different healing modalities, meditation, things like that. So I prefer that kind of approach versus just a traditional therapist. I've also had many therapists in my life. So personally, <laughs> what I have found to see the difference is this. When I go to therapy, I often am speaking, 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 and then time is up. And, you know, there, there may be some feedback and then I'm gone, right? That's true. It's so I'm not And then I come back next week and we do the same thing again. And then there may be a perspective, you know, that the therapist says, well, you know, and I'll, I'll never forget the best and my therapist, one of them, she retired. So she said to me, her name was Ruth. Ruth said to me, Connie, you need to decide and follow through. That's it. Stop analyzing. You've already made a decision. And in fact, that is one of the sayings that I now share with my groups and with my clients because she was very right about that. And here's how I look at it. We've got a, a left and a right brain, Okay. And the uh, coaching that I do is a little bit more on uh, one side of the brain, okay? So if we've got our right side of the brain basically works with our left part of the body, which is our feminine. So I'm on the right. The left side of the brain is the one that's working with the ideas, the logic, the fact, you know, those kinds of things. That's the right side. So if we're looking at it, the right side of the body is the masculine, which is that's left side of the brain. The right side of the brain is the feminine because it's connected to the left side of the body. That is where I swim. They swim on the other side. And together we're swimming lanes. Mm -hmm. So we need both because there's an integration needed for both. That's why I say, if you're going to find somebody, go do that. Now, my background, because I was in higher education, is in uh, counseling, so I have, and I was an academic advisor for so many years and success coach. So I do bring in practices that are counseling-ish, and I'm sure you'll share that as, as a coach. However, I'm not going to stand up here and say that I'm, uh, you know, a therapist, but I do play one on TV. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> there, are there are boundaries, you know? Okay. So I, I think for me, it's, if we've got to go into detail, right? Like trauma, like there's some people that specialize in trauma and things like that. Um, where I, uh, you know, I think it's really about finding the right person that energetically you connect with. My work supports the therapy. Let's put it that way. Does that clarify? Absolutely. No, okay. I'm glad you shared. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't know the difference. No. And I, I do often have a lot of people that do say, wow, I get so much more from talking to you than I do my therapist. Your therapist won't share with you their story, mm -hmm. right? Why? Because they have governmental regulations that prevents them from being personal with you. I get to share with you my story, right? Or stories of others or, um, you know, energy work or uh, journal practices, you know? So 
I love I love my current therapist. He's awesome because he's a neurological uh, psychologist, and he actually started an integrative uh, medicine center years ago. And he's all about holistic. Right? I found the right person. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? So I think it's really about not settling. <laughs> I think we all need to talk to somebody mm-hmm. and who's unbiased and who can hear us and and listen and also you know share with you back what they heard so that you can hear it perhaps from a different voice and see how you may interpret it. So, you know, I go picture me like professor plus coach plus having therapy background, but not necessarily who didn't go to get the the certification. Does that make sense? You know, also like like. psychic. (laughs) You didn't include that in there. (laughs) Oh, I didn't. And the psych and the psychic, right? right? And the gifts. Right. right. So. And the gifts. All the yeah. things. I love it. Okay. So before we go to fun facts and game time, share with everyone if you want an offer or um how they can follow you on social media and stay in touch. Awesome. So a couple of ways, uh, if you're on Instagram, because of course you are, you can follow me at Connie Canella. I'd love to follow you back. And uh, if you're on Facebook, you can certainly go to the Soul Sync Wellness business page, but it's way more fun if you join the Soulvolution Facebook group where we have some fun stuff going on in there. And uh, so, of course, I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter and all those lovely things, but those are the two spaces and places that I am the most regular And if you want to talk further, I'd love, especially from a reading perspective, I'd love to offer you for the month of July, there are spaces available. If you go to my Instagram, there's a link on there in my bio to Linktree. Click on 30-minute readings with Connie. That's where you get the discounted rate for $69. Yeah. And we will chat and uh, it'll be a nice opportunity, especially for people who have never done these readings before. It's a great introduction and it's a nice opportunity to talk about what's up. You know, I, I tend to have that energy and I think Jackie will share this too. People just open up in front of me. You know, I have that tendency to make people cry. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but in a, in a good way. So connecting to emotions is definitely something that I... I know how to do now, which I didn't a long time ago. And I would love, 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 love to get to know you and help you and be of service uh, to help you really, you know, live your most joyous life and and however capacity that is. So that is my offer for the month of July, which is discounted and soon. Oh, I have to share my podcast, right? Yeah, duh. Of course, share your podcast. So my humans on a mission podcast on Empower Radio will be launching next week, actually. So it'll be live on the Thursday. So the 15th, I think, whatever that is. Okay. So July, July 15th will be the first episode. I can't wait. And Humans on a Mission is really about finding humans who are on a mission, but who are also have had an amazing transformation. So we bring the spirituality into this mix. And so I'm excited to share with you folks from all over the world who are making an impact in a big way. And what's really, really fun for me is that I'll be able to teach via this video podcast. It'll also be just podcast, but I know we'll be on Spotify, iTunes, and all that jazz. And uh, I'll be able to teach you a lot of the stuff that I know from the self-awareness and intuitive coach over here. Awesome. So fun stuff. So exciting. Okay. So everybody needs to follow Connie Canella on all the things. 
and Solvolution, all the things. Just Google it, put it on Facebook or Instagram, you will find it. Right, Connie? Yeah. All right. So now let's talk about fun facts about Connie. So your name is really Cinnamon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's hilarious. So when you were born, like, first of all, how did that even come about when you asked this question to your mother? (laughs) Um, So my parents were arranged and they didn't speak English when they came to this country in 1972. So when, so I would say I was the last of three kids to be born. And so my name was Canela, which is my grandmother's name. And they were in the hospital and my God to be godmother who was born here was basically like Canela, Canela. Sounds like Connie. We'll just Make her Connie. So the translation, because the translation of Canela is cinnamon. So for all my Greek and Spanish people too. And so they didn't want me to be called cinnamon in school. They always told me that I, you know, that wouldn't have been good. It would have been embarrassing for me. And I was like, you should have just kept it Canela. I love it. I know. You know what? Honestly, the cinnamon tones are your Doesn't jam it? too. Like, I know. Your jam. So now you can just bring it back. Just more and fun, fun fact, when... um. Oh God. When, what was, what was it that you, what was the first space, my space. So when my space was on, I, my name was Canela, the Cine Spice of Life. That's hilarious. <laughs> that made my day. Thank you for that. That's I wonder cool. if it's still out there. Well, maybe you're all going to Google it now. What happened to my space? Is I have no point? idea. Facebook came. Yeah. There you go. That's a very good point. Hilarious. That was a really fun fact, Connie. I love that. Okay. Second fun fact. You saw the Virgin Mary at six years old. How old were you? Seven? So I was... What was that experience? Yeah. So I was sitting in my parents' garage or my house, obviously. So, and I was sitting on the step and I was by myself and I blinked my eyes and I, there was Jesus and the Virgin Mary and they're like... Not in like real form, you know, but like in shadow form, I guess. Like I could, I could draw them. Like if I actually took a pencil or a pen, I could draw them. And I would, I would, I was blinking my eyes. Like I had, I was seeing things and I really was right. And I'm going, mom, mom. And in Greek, you know, it'd be like, mama, mama, ma, you know? And so she comes out, she's like, what, what? I'm like, Jesus, the Virgin Mary, they're right there. She's like, what, what? <laughs> and I go, they're right there. They're right there. And she goes, she's like, I'm like, they're right there. She's like, I don't see what see anything, right? And I, I was like, what do you mean? You don't see what I'm saying. So yeah, that's when I realized I, it was, I was seeing that and uh I've never forgotten it and um I've had I mean I've had dreams and different things uh, since then because again I used to see so much as a kid that I was so scared and yeah so it was pretty pretty amazing and now I've come to really be grateful for that right well because look how much it's like shown up for you yeah see if I only knew what was going on when I was seven see hilarious okay and last fun fact I want to talk about is you basically grew up in like a my big fat Greek wedding lifestyle restaurants as you said earlier in the podcast oh yes what was that experience um I started working when I was 13 years old uh when my because I couldn't have a boyfriend and my mother didn't want me to hang out with my friends because she thought that I would, I would be, I would turn into a bad girl. 
Um, I went to Greek school, you know, I was like president of my youth group. I did every I Greek dancing, you know, I was the leader, all this kind of stuff. Perfect child, the perfectionism. And so they put me at the restaurant and I remember cashing people out and all these customers would come up and I was cleaning tables. Actually, I was cleaning tables way younger for quarters at one point. And when I was 13, when I finally went Friday, so I would go Friday and Saturday and I would have customers that would walk up to me and they'd say, we're calling the labor department. She should not be here. And I was like, I want to be here. <laughs> what? I should have said, yes, please call the labor department. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I started out as a hostess and then eventually I became a waitress because there was more money in that. And then I would, so I'd go back and forth between managing then before you know it, I was doing payroll. And so, I, and we had three, four restaurants eventually and a catering biz. That was fun. Catering was fun. Cause we'd ride in the back of the truck and show up at weddings, you know, like, so um, like the Italian job, you know, they like jump, they jump out of the car and <laughs> totally the like, back of the car. But so that was kind of, fun. that was kind of fun. Cause I get to, I would actually get to go out. So yeah, I learned, I learned how to cook at a very, very young age. I learned how to manage at a very young age. Um, it was a family thing, right? Uncles, brothers, parents, and, uh, you know, people would call me sometimes the princess when I would come into the restaurant because, you know, I I was the boss and I was like (laughs) 17, you know, it was like, so when I think back about that, I'm like, man, I had so much power. What happened? <laughs> you still do. Um, but it was, it was, it was something that I knew would not be long term. And I know that I risked leaving my family. And uh, my mother, you know, really disliked that I left. But I was first generation going to college. My brothers never went to school, so I was the only one. And, uh, you know, I knew at a very young age, I was going to move and that I was going to take on the venture of finding myself and discovering what I'm here to do and, and to be of service. And I have to say, it's not been, yeah, I I could have gone back and said, oh, there's money. I could have chose money. I could have chose money, but it would have been a lot of work. And I learned at a very young age that, you know, I was working seven days a week nonstop and I was burnt out when my body can't take that anymore. And so I think that I got to choose differently. There were sacrifices in the, in the middle, but I also see that for them, this is the lifestyle yeah, that doesn't work for them anymore. And they know that. They've known that for a lot of years and they've been trying to shift that and to move out of it. And I'm, I'm excited that they have taken my advice and that they have you know chosen to shift out of the, the historical you know, the genetics of staying in the restaurant businesses and, and things like that. So I think back then, you know, immigrants, that was the easy thing for them to do, but there's sacrifices that come along with it. So the fun part about it all though, was I got to meet a ton of people and from all over the place and decaf regular was a common thing that I would always ask, would you like fries with that? (laughs) Um, you know, cleaning tables, like I have no I have no issues in mixing food together. I mean, you name it, right? The little things that you learn. And, uh, you know, now I go back and I, you know, still make my own food because I have unique sandwiches that I create. And um, I miss that part. I miss that part of having a restaurant that you can go to and you can get your food and you don't have to pay for things. Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. So pros um, and cons, but, right? The pros and cons. But I did marry, and I did marry a non-Greek, so that was a really big deal. Just like the movie, he was my husband's a teacher, and you know there was a whole story. There's a whole story there too, and the whole thing. But <laughs> everybody will have to listen to your podcast to, to yeah, tune in we'll and learn about show, that. Story. We'll have to share share that about the booth conversation <laughs> of when my husband was not there visiting my family for the first time because he had his appendix out and had an abscess, but my future in-laws decided to take a trip with me. Oh my God. And, um, and my mother being like, he must convert to <laughs> Greek orthodoxy. And my mother-in-law being like, oh no, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. To be continued on that one. To be continued. We might need a whole new podcast. Yes. That. That's hilarious. Okay, so let's play some game time. So what is Connie's favorite food? Chicken souvlaki. I love chicken souvlaki too. What a Greek. You're such a Greek. I know. I'm <laughs> such, just such a Greek. I'm good with it. That's great. That's a great meal. Okay, what if you could wear one outfit for the rest of your life from head to toe, what would it be and why? Oh, geez. Can I pick two? Yeah. <laughs> you have, I guess you have to bring it with you everywhere. But if that's your choice, then that's fine. So my first, because you have to have like a casual and a dressed up version. So my casual would be like an all athleta because I, you know, a matching workout yoga-ish looking outfit. And then my other one would be probably in like a yellow dress. I love it. Very cute. What kind of shoes? What earrings? You're such an earring girl. Gold. Gold. I do gold or white shoes. And I would probably accent actually with this, like a coral earring. Love it. Yeah. You're stuck with that permanently though. You realize that, right? That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> okay. That's cool. Or, or I'd make them white and then like, you know, they, I'd change color on them. Like Smart. maybe we get a dry erase uh, part of it so we can change color. <laughs> all the ideas, all the ideas. I love it. Okay. If you could, where's your favorite place you've ever traveled and what's a bucket list place you've never been? So, I mean, Greece is my, is my place. I mean, I loved Italy too, but Greece. I, my favorite, favorite place was, um, Santorini. And, uh, I mean, who doesn't, it seems like every Instagram picture today is like every is there. celebrity. That's all, is that I'm there. I'm That's all that I'm seeing. Seriously. Right so jealous. Everybody's in Ia, which is where the, uh, sunset is. And it is seriously, it looks like that. Like, let me just say, like, there's no, there's no fake in it. It looks just like that. And I'm going, we're going to go back next year, which I'm excited. It's nice. Um, this, let's see, my bucket list place is Australia. Very cool. Melbourne. I want to go Love to Melbourne. It. How do you ever pronounce it? I always ask the people that I know that live there. Melbourne? 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 Maybe. Melbourne. That was we, good ask the <laughs> we need to ask the I'm not. I know. I'll ask my Aussies. <laughs> I'll ask them. That's so funny. Okay. Great choices. Now, final question. If you could spend a day with somebody you've never met, dead oh. or alive, who would you choose and why? So my initial thought is Oprah, because from a kid, I always want Oprah. But to be honest, I... I have a huge crush on Matthew McConaughey. Oh, I love him too. <laughs> and I just think he is so deep and I would really enjoy talking to him all day long. Is he spiritual? So he, yes, he is spiritual. And what I love about him is that he he connects with everybody, even though he's a celebrity. And he's super grateful and has a Southern charm. And I just feel like, that he has such deep wisdom and lessons about life in his book that he 
had recently released. I just feel like, I mean, he's from Texas. He loves Texas. He, he gives back, you know, I mean, he was drumming the other day. Look like there, I would spend all day with him. I mean, I'd be like, all right, all right, all right. You know, but (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome. I love it. Okay. Connie, this was so fun today. Tell everyone again how they can follow you on socials and get in touch. Awesome. Awesome. So you can always email me at Connie at soulsyncwellness.com to schedule something if you don't know how to find it. The second is follow me on Instagram at Connie Canella, and that's two L's in the middle and one N. And you can join my free Facebook community called Soulvolution. Or if you want to do a bit more deep dive in, we can go VIP style, which is about you making yourself your very important person. And you can do that by going to my Instagram profile and clicking on the link and joining. Do it. You guys won't regret it. Connie is life-changing. You're awesome, Connie. So are you, Jackie. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Connie. Thanks, everybody. So much. You too. Thanks, everybody, so much for tuning in to Next On Scene. And stay tuned for who's next on scene. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene. Thank you.